gets done. All right, you are officially tuned into 91.3 WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Local Motion YouTube channel as well as the Local Motion Facebook page. Keep up with all the events and interviews that happen to be here on the program. And today in studio, first time other than my daughter since April 2020, I welcome Willa Vincitor. And we're looking at each other. It's beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. I feel so honored to be your first guest. Like live in studio. Yeah. Thank well, you. it helps that you kind of know Vassar College. I do, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that is always a big help. And we just played a track um, from Tony Falco's playlist. It's how I start each and every show since we lost him on October 28th. And we heard Guy Clark some days the songs write you and that's off his track and uh, no, that's the album the track is if i needed you and we were talking a little bit willa before we came on air about tony mm-hmm. and some beautiful memories mm-hmm. and do you care to share sure a memory well, of tony <clears throat> i mean i was telling you about when i was recording my second cd at the building which those who were patrons of the Falcon before it was the Falcon in the center of town know that it was basically in a rebuilt church in Tony's backyard, which is now called The Building. It's a recording studio that Lee Falco runs, and I recorded both of my CDs there. And when we were doing the second CD, we had been in studio all day, and we were really tired, and and Tony sort of wandered through unassumingly and looked around and said, anybody hungry? And we were all hungry, and he said, I'm making paella. And he just had us all over and paella for 12 out of nowhere. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing he would just do all the time. And not just for us. I heard from a lot of other musicians who recorded there that he did the same for them. I've never heard out of the 306 shows ever a negative word about Tony Falco from any musician. Never ever once well and if i did i might have to hurt someone i really would too i would too but every musician loved him it's why he got the caliber of people there that he did you know and it's just he's so missed and people have asked how do we honor tony i say go to the falcon i agree I agree. Make a reservation, have dinner, have a drink. and Support living artists. Isn't that what Tony would say? He would. Throw something in the box. I mean, the the model that Tony set up is uh, a remarkable model because it brings everyone in. One of the things that I love so much about performing and being a patron of the Falcon is that you're part of an experience. Mm -hmm. It's not just about going to see live music. It's about being part of a workshop as the band works through something Mm -hmm. or or being in a moment that's more um, experiential because you're part of it rather than just audience and performer. It's right. amazing. Right. It it really is amazing. And that's his culture that he created. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not going to go away. So the Falcon is closed for a short little winter break. And I have been um, saying that they're reopening on February 17th with no other than you. Me. I know. I was... I was amazed when I saw that and of course protocols and all uh, are in place and yes. this, this presumes which we, we keep our fingers crossed that nothing else happens between now and then but right. make reservations it's going to be a blast oh. we're, we're doing something really different this time and so much fun um, 
to be the first show back at the Falcon. I, I feel really honored um, and excited about it. So we're excited to reopen the space. I, I know they're doing some things there privately between, but in terms of being the first live open show. To the public, yep. right. Live at the Falcon.com, Willa Vincitor on February 17th, which is a Thursday night. And shows are early there. They're like, you know, 7, 7.30 yep. or something. It's, so. it's marketed as, as an 8 p.m. start time, but we'll probably get going around 7.30. And, and we're doing something really different this time. Tell me, tell me, is it a tribute to Bonnie Raitt? It is a tribute to Bonnie Raitt. And and I have stories about why we decided to do this. But the whole evening, unlike shows that I've done there before, where it's been my music that was centered with some covers thrown in, this entire show will be in tribute to Ms. Bonnie, five decades of her amazing career. And we're covering music from 14 of her 18 studio albums. So really excited. Oh, man. And you've got just the great voice to like kick some ass well I appreciate that and I'm also appreciative of the fact that my good friend Debbie Major uh-huh. who is another amazing singer in the Hudson Valley has agreed to join us so she and I will be trading off um, vocals all night and everyone in the band sings and and one of the things that most will notice about Bonnie's music is it's very rich with mm-hmm. harmonies and vocals so mm-hmm. there's lots of singers on board but Debbie and I will be going back and forth have you week. seen her perform live I'm going in April oh get out because I want to too is this the this sh- is the show in Albany I'm I'm going I got tickets I'm oh, so excited. oh Albany April 15th do I know this show I was thinking did I think tell me where it's, it's oh, you know, now you're telling me that and I'm having a scene Palace moment. Theater? It's, yeah, it's the, the big theater up in Albany. Re- so. It's either the Egg or the Palace. Now the Palace, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, in April. Because I know she's playing with Lucinda Williams mm-hmm. at Tanglewood. Yeah. That's going to be another one. But This is tax day. What better way? April 15th. What day of the week is that? Uh, I want to say it's a Friday night. All right. I'm, I'm, I'll have to look it up. I'm going to take a ride. So I have to say, there's only a few bands that remain on my bucket list that I have not seen or musicians. And I hate to admit it, I've never seen Bonnie Raitt. I haven't either. And so I will say that we were supposed to do the Bonnie Raitt tribute show in the fall. Mm -hmm. And then COVID, thank you very much, plus a few other things. And half the band had to back out. So we retooled that show, did a couple of tunes, and one of the audience members sent me a PM uh, saying, hey, here's here's a link to a show she's doing, and I've been wanting to see her live. Oh, and so, so I bought great. tickets right away. I was so oh, excited. I think I'm going to do that tonight. <laughs> Thank you for telling me about that, because all I knew about her show was um, up in Tanglewood, which probably also wouldn't be bad, but that's a goodie. That's a goodie. So your show at the Falcon on the 17th, um, reservations live at thefalcon.com, because they're still closed, so that's like the yep. best way to make a Get reservation. Reserve a table. And you are um, bringing along some amazing uh, musicians with you to the show on the 17th. One of the ones that you were playing with that night, I happen to know for over 30 years, Mr. Carl Allwire. Oh, yes. Carl. Oh. Carl is a regular player. I mean, all of these um, musicians are, are regular players in the area, but I've been fortunate enough. One of the reasons that I name my band Willow Vincitor and Company is because the company is always changing, and but the company is always good. Fine, fine company. Yeah. Yeah. So Carl yeah. and Chris Vitarello will be yes. on guitar, oh. and Matt Raymond on bass, and oh we've got gosh. Scott Malisi and Jeremy Baum on keys and organ. Not just one, you got I two know, of them. I know, two. You got it. It's like Noah's Ark of Bonnie Raitt tributes. We yeah. need two of everybody. And yeah. So, Have you 
you guys gotten together to rehearse? We are getting together, and and Manuel um, Quintana yes. on percussion and, and drums, and Debbie and I will be banging on stuff too. But um, yeah, we've got a bunch of rehearsals coming up, so we're all really getting jazzed. Oh, up. It's so be a lot much of fun. fun! So much fun! Ah, oh, and just to be there at the Falcon that first night when those doors open and those patrons start coming back in, you know. So yeah, it's it's been a long time coming for sure. Now, Willa, you also released, I, I love this album. This was oh, your first you. one, yep, right? You have another one, too, um, a second Choices, album, yep. Choices. And then you've released some singles yep. since the pandemic. And the singles, and I'm going to start when I play them, after you and I are done talking, I'm going to go through the tracks and yep. play them and let you be and all of that stuff. Um you started out May 2020 when the whistle blows, and there's kind of a cool video attached to yes, that Yes, that's as my first well. and only sort of music video uh, that's not just a video of a live performance. Uh-huh. And everything about that tune was recorded and done during the pandemic. Everyone was in lockdown at the time. And I had just set up a studio at my house, and so I recorded all the vocals and a really awful backing track of myself playing all the <laughs> instruments with a MIDI keyboard. Um, and it was just awful. But anyway, I sent it around to each of the different musicians, and they pulled out my track and laid in their own. And so Manuel did the percussion, and um, Scott Malisi played keys, and uh, Carl did some of the guitars on that. But we also brought in uh, Jack Petruzzelli, uh -huh. who plays with Joan Osborne and the uh, Fab Faux, and, um, and he played banjo, which was really fun. And then he connected me to a guy named Olivier Manchon, who plays violin, um, and he did the fiddle on the tune, which is amazing. And um, and Scott Petito up in Woodstock actually engineered the tune at the end and also put bass on it. So um, Scott's pretty magnificent that way. He's unbelievable, yeah. and I, it just the resume of people he's worked with is insane. Every time I have him on the show, I, we literally could talk for just about an hour just about the people that has he's worked with over yeah. the decades. Yeah. It's sick. It's it, like, it's, I, I feel like, how on earth did I wind up convincing him to have anything to do with anything yeah. that, that I... Produce? He's good like that, though. He, he definitely spreads his wings, and he's a big supporter of the local scene. He and um, yeah, no, he's, he's quite a talent. And what a musician, and his instruments are unbelievable. Indeed. So pretty, so yeah. pretty. So... When the whistle blows. When the whistle blows, yeah. And then Paul Toscano and I were sitting around trying to do something with our lives in lockdown. And he had done the video editing for me when I had my um, CD release show at Daryl's house back for, uh, for the first CD, Better Days. And um, he was like, let's make a video. And so we sat and sourced um, stock video footage for some of it. And then my daughter, we went on an iPhone down by the river and she videotaped me sort of lip syncing to the, and then we pulled it all together. And so if you're on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, it's really see cool. when the whistle blows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we going to play that. Play I was time. watching. Oh, there you go. See, there you go. It plays all by itself. Thank God it's not. It's not on. So that was the first? That was the first of my digital releases and singles. Tell me yeah. about the song. Yeah, so basically I was thinking a lot about how, I mean, you know, I'm a 54-year-old woman and life is sort of cruising along. And the older you get, the wiser you get. And the more you start to realize that 
stuff just happens and you got to roll with it, mm-hmm. right? And um, and lots of things stress us out. And certainly the pandemic has been among the chief stressors. But I was imagining a variety of stories kind of all coming together and watching a lot of younger people, to be honest, in my circle who were really struggling with some stuff. And I thought, you know, when the whistle blows, life's train rolls. Mm-hmm. You just got to mm-hmm. get on board and that's good with it that's good so that was the genesis uh of the idea and i i wrote all the music and the lyrics and it's a real departure it's not like anything else i've done yeah more of a bluegrassy kind of Uh americana feel yeah yeah i like it I, i like all the things you came out with um the only love i need is yours that was released just over a year ago yeah about your man, I would about guess. my man. I know everyone's like enough already oh, with the love songs. No, for your second marriage, it's but. it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. You got married at the Falcon. Too. I did. I got engaged at the Falcon. I oh got married at the Falcon. I know it's a little over the top, probably, <laughs> but uh, the Falcon's an incredibly special place to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I. Uh, that was a song that was inspired by a lot of things, but um, definitely an ode to my man. Yeah. So, and it, and of course the gospel tradition, um, you know, when I was at Vassar actually as a student, um, I wanted to sing in one of the acapella groups here. And I had been, I was an older non-traditional student when I got here and, and I auditioned for all the groups and I think it was just timing or whatever, but um, I didn't actually get into any of them oh. for whatever reason. And the only choir on campus that welcomed me with open arms was the gospel choir. <laughs> so my first semester at Vassar, I sang with the gospel choir, and it was the most amazing experience. I bet. And I thought, what is this non-religious Jewish girl doing singing in the gospel choir? And I began to feel as though... I was sort of invading a space that maybe I shouldn't be no. in. So I, I was grateful to the women predominantly who were members of the choir at the time who just welcomed me and, and introduced me to an incredible... Did you sing there in the chapel? Yes, oh. we, we, we were in the chapel. and The um, acoustics. It was incredible. The acoustics there were amazing. And, and it really just introduced me to... Um, music that I, of course, had heard, but to be part of it was was a very moving and emotional experience. And as I was thinking about love and the intensity that happens in a in a relationship when it finally works, I could think of no better tribute to not worship so much, but just to pure, unadulterated love, mm-hmm. unconditional love that comes through with gospel music. And so that was why I chose to set this song. Um, in a tribute to gospel, and in particular with those women of the Vassar classes of 90 and 91 and oh, 92. Oh, man, good stuff. Me. And what were you listening to in, like, your teens and early 20s? Oh, gosh, it's an embarrassment to nature what I was listening Please to in the tell. 80s. Come no. on. Oh, it's my gosh. 80s no. music. Yeah, you know, I was really into the wall of sound, 80s sort of Tears for Fears mm-hmm. and and Madonna and Michael Jackson and and U2 and uh, you know those were the kind of things I was listening Whitney Houston of course I oh, just yeah. went nuts Jeez. for Whitney and yeah. um, and things like that but of course you know my husband and most of my musician friends kind of cringe at some of what I was <laughs> listening to in the 80s um, you know my husband's always like why not Led Zeppelin I was like nah I wasn't listening to that then I do now right I appreciate that music now but right I didn't when I was in my teens. And I when did you pop. start singing? Oh, I've been singing since Your whole I was life. a kid. Yeah. In like school, choirs, the- theater yeah, plays. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in de- outside of Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. 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 So, 
Yeah. Uh, and then I moved. I was born in New York, but I was raised in Colorado, and I returned to New York in 1985 and um, spent the first five years in New York City, and then came up to the Valley in 89. I've been here ever since. Ever since, yeah. yeah. And then Vassar, here we are. Yeah, that's why I came up here, actually. So I just so, kind of never left. Uh-huh. It's, it's you know, it, it's a beautiful place, it right? Is. It happens to a lot of students, you know, they, I, especially here. They're from everywhere. The, yep. the girl before me comes from Honolulu. Mm-hmm. We have people from England. We have people from Australia. They're everywhere. Yeah, the student body is an incredibly diverse group of people from all over the world, it's much the, more so today even than it was when I was I a bet. student here. Yeah. I bet, you know, and it's just... It's so nice to see it because I'm limited to the students I know just from, you know, from being here at WVKR. But um, it's a wonderful college. It's a beautiful grounds. I enjoy walking it before I do my show. I, I snuck into the Loeb Arts Center mm-hmm. before I got here mm-hmm. today because yeah, it just puts me in my place, yep. you know. So, no. yeah, no, it's a good thing. I don't blame you for not leaving. That's for sure. Um, the, other out, the other track that you came out with is Take a Chance, April 2021. Yep. You timed these out really like I, nicely. Yeah, yeah, Did you have the songs together before? Or? So all of them had been written in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, the reason that I didn't go back into the studio, well, partly pandemic, mm-hmm. um, but also just cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, somehow affording one tune at a time. Although I think when I add them all together, it's more than I was spending when I went into the studio. <laughs> just to for do an, an album, EP. But, yeah. Ah, here I was thinking I was saving some money, but not so much. But um, living. Yeah, Focusing on one thing at a time. And then, you know, when I'm done, I have maybe four or five more that I'm working on. Um, I'll compile them into a, a probably a CD. But mm-hmm. um, but at this stage, I was going one at a time. So, yeah, Take a Chance was super fun. So this song actually has a story, too. And I have to give co-writing cred to, uh, to Scott Malisi uh-huh. for this one. Um, of course, every musician who is involved in any one of these songs adds so much to what it is. Um, and beyond writing the music and the lyrics originally for, for all these tunes myself, obviously once other musicians come in, they take it to a totally different level than sure. where it started. I, I used to think about making a podcast called How I Wrote It and doing sort of a, like, here's this awful, crappy uh, you know demo tape I sent around to everyone. And then here's where it landed once we recorded in the studio and and it really showcases just how different the music is but in this case I wrote a song when I was in high school that was an instrumental piece and it drove my choir director insane I would go banging in on the piano and it was this very like um, Mannheim steamroller kind of like (laughs) slammy thing and I didn't really know what it was and I put it away. Um, I mean, it was so much so that my choir director would say, would you cut it out? Like, stop playing that thing. It's really annoying. So I put it away, but I came across a cassette tape when I was cleaning out the cabinets during the pandemic. And I found this thing and I was listening to it again. And I thought, there's something here that I just don't want to let go of. There's some nugget in this that actually doesn't suck. And so I called Scott. And I made a little voice memo on my phone and I sent it to him. And I said, you know, what do you think of this? What is there anything here that you hear that we could do something with? And so he then sat and played with it and he sent me back a voice memo by phone of what he did with it, which he basically took the same progression that I had written, but he slowed it down and made it funky. Uh-huh. And he changed the the rhythm of it, um, and then he altered the the arrangement just a little bit to sort of take it to a slightly different place than I had. And the instant he did that, all the lyrics came to me. And I really? within twenty minutes, I wrote the whole thing and I I voice chatted it back to him, and then he wrote the bridge 
and chatted that back to me. And an hour later, the whole thing was done over voice memo by phone. And then we recorded it remotely um, in the studio. We each went in at a different time with, again, Manuel uh, has a studio up in Catskill. Beat recording. Uh, Beats recording, yeah, beat recording. And we went up there and and just pieced it together. Um, But that was the first in-studio work that we had done. But we didn't do it all together. We did It It must feel so good to just have it come together that easily. That's kind of when you must know... It's meant to be. This song is like... Well, it was super fun. We, this one, just, it's light, it's fluffy, it's kind of a throwback vibe um, to, I guess, kind of a Motown feel or mm-hmm. a Stax feel, and um, and we just had a lot of fun. And just to one, know so. when you got it right, you know, I just finished watching the Paul McCartney thing on Hulu, yeah. 3 two, one yeah. and the I think it was the last episode, he was there, and he was talking about yesterday, the song, and he's like... I woke up with it. And it's like, what? How do you freaking wake up with like a masterpiece like that? But the same kind of thing when it just comes together so easily, you know, it's like, yeah. And after 30 years, because the original was when I was, you said, what are you listening to in high school? But this was, I was, you know, 16 when I was banging this thing out on a piano in in the choir room. And my teacher was telling me to stop it already. But Scott Malisi... And God but, love but, but but good on you because you didn't throw it away. You like kept that little cassette, and you, something in you was like, I, something is, is still here. So you know, credit yourself first, and then without you, that never would have happened at wow. all. Thank so you, Rita. and then Scott, of course, yes. mastered the final little details. So good stuff. Um, I really loved, and I have to admit, I just came across this not long ago, and I played it last week saying that you were going to be here this week. Runaway. Yeah. Powerful. This, thank you. This this one has a much more personal um, sort of and sad story. Um, this one I wrote uh, probably three or four years ago, but I have a dear friend, as I told you, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, And one of my elementary um, through high school best friends, her son was among the murdered in the Aurora Theater shooting. Uh, Um, A.J. Boyk. uh, Let's say his name. Say Um, his name. And he he didn't make it out um, with a Batman shooting. And I began to think about what she must have gone through as a parent when she still got that phone call and, and how it never goes away. And then, of course, now, you know, many years later, unfortunately, I know many parents who have lost children for a variety of reasons. Um, and it's just devastating. Yeah. And there's I started wrestling as a parent myself with the sort of what how do you go on? Um, You know, and when I first wrote the lyric, the lyrics changed many times to this song because when I first wrote it, of course, it's not having experienced it personally at all. And I think I got it all wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wound up calling a few of my friends and sort of talking with them about it and letting them know that I was doing this. And I played some of the early demos and, and just asked them kind of like to talk to me about how they did it. How, how do they get up and move on every day? And in every case, there was more resilience and more um, sort of like figuring out how to just inhabit a space where all of the grief and yet joy comes together. Um, and 
And so I rewrote some of the lyric to reflect that a bit more, but mostly I still sat with it in that place of, I can only imagine wanting to run away. Yeah. Um, And I think each of them also indicated that when it first happened, there was a great sense of that and that that revisits them. There are times when it hits hard and they do just have that sense of wanting to run away. So, so that's why I named the song run away and, and where, um, where it landed, but how's your friend now? I mean, like all parents who have lost children, she's moved on uh, as best as she can with her life. But it's never, never goes away. AJ's never gone. AJ's always here and his uh, memory and and contributions to the world while he was here will never be forgotten. Um, And and we celebrate and remember all of their children, um, no matter how long they were here. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it, as a parent, the worst thing, as a human, I think the worst thing that can probably happen is um, is losing a child. So, yeah, that's a beautiful song. I came across that. And I was like, I knew right away I wanted to talk to you about that because mm-hmm. it really, like, affected me. I'm like, I have to learn more about, you know, the basis of that song and just really beautifully done. So this crazy pandemic, we're starting year three and obviously you've written and you've done some creative stuff. Has, have, do you have more songs? Do you, you do, you I, do. I do. And, um, you know, <laughs> timing and money, of course, being what they are, um, we're in production. I'm actually redoing a song that was on my second CD um, called I Love You Baby, which um, we had so much fun in the studio doing it. And we sort of did a throwback 80s, almost Phil Collins <laughs> vibe on that one with the full on drum thing in the middle. Anyway, Lee, I will never forget the vision of Lee Falco and Brandon Morrison standing together with these giant toms in the studio when we got to that section. And Lee, Lee made a meme that's... Um, that said Phil Collins, F-I-L-L. <laughs> anyway, um, those are the moments in the studio. But um, something about the tune also, I had written it in this idea of doing this podcast of how I wrote it versus where we landed in the studio. When I originally wrote it, it was much more of an R&B vibe. Uh-huh. Um, but somehow we took a left turn and decided to go full on 80s, um, which was fun. And I'm glad we did. But now we're redoing it, it with the sort of retro R&B vibe. So it has a very different feel. So it's three quarters of the way there. But I need to get back in um, and finish that one up. And then there are probably four or five others that we're trying to decide which one to tackle next. Do words come to you or music comes to you first? Totally depends. Really? Totally depends. Um, it's all over the place. Both. Do you and just like drive around and all of a sudden something comes and you take your phone out and you start talking into the voice memos? You know, or, you I, I'm one of those weird people where I have to say most of my great ideas come to me when I'm in the shower. Really? <laughs> I uh-huh. have no idea why. Uh-huh. Something about the water and just like hanging out and I'm like mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll just hear something and I'll start messing with it in my head and then I get out of the shower and I make a voice memo and uh-huh. then I go back to it later so um but but I have uh, a number of pieces that are done that just need to be recorded and then I have a few more that are in process and I've reached out to a few fellow musicians um to talk about collaborating and so there are a couple folks who are I don't want to reveal anything yet but right, we're right, right. working with a couple of people on finishing and co-writing um you know to to take it because I really enjoyed what Scott and I were able to do together with taking a take a chance yeah and uh, want to do something similar in terms of just expanding and and 
creatively joining forces with some other folks. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. So these you're going to keep as singles or you're going to probably Those, put them on a CD? Yeah, I think eventually after I have eight or ten of them, I'll throw them on a CD just to be like, here's the lesson. Because one of the things that I've noticed is other than VKR, thank you so much, WVKR Independent Radio, um, no radio stations, uh, the independent radios, um, I had a publicist who was helping me with my first two CDs. He he doesn't do digital singles at all. And most of the DJs that I talk to, um, unless I personally reach out and send them stuff, right. they, they want a hard something yeah. to work with to put yeah. on these lovely shelves here yeah. so they it's harder to market the digital singles and i've i figured if i, I, threw I them can't all together, tell you how many messages i get yeah. on, on facebook digital i lose that yeah. stuff it's hard it, on a computer i'm first of all not that savvy i'm lucky i can do what i do um i don't do downloads there's nothing like me putting this on yes. the shelf and say oh willa let me play that today because yep. if you're in here you're going to be for I get it. I get it. It's not a it's not a diss to the DJs. It's just the reality of yeah. how what what's necessary to make your life it's just easier. organization. You know, yep. it's just like ah, okay, Willow's playing a show and and let me p- play a track of hers and but it's all right there. And the other nice thing about this is photos. I get to see who your accompanists mm-hmm. are. I get to see the names of the song. I get to like read a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I guess it's just really old school. But I did see something the other day. I forgot. um, But they're saying CDs are making a comeback. I don't know. I read that, too. So I hope so. I mean, if vinyl made a comeback, hopefully CDs will make a comeback. There's um, there's something really nice about a good old CD. So anyway, that's old school. We'll have a ton of people calling later. You're so wrong. And, you know, <laughs> you're a dinosaur. And oh, my gosh. But, you know, I don't care. Um, you also, which was really cool. I think the last time you were in, we talked about it. Um, a longstanding um, member with Chris O'Leary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris, you know, I way back in the day, um decided I wanted to put my own band together. We did a couple of gigs. And then Chris O'Leary came back from having been um, on the road with Levon. Mm-hmm. And um, I, at the time, was married to Sean McCarthy Minow, may he rest in peace, who was the drummer, the original drummer, and actually the sort of impetus uh, for Chris to pull that band together. Sean reached out to Vitarello, and at the time, Frank and Greo, and uh, Chris, and said, let's do this. And so they, they were the original band. And then Chris kept having me come up and sing back up on this or back up on that. And then he asked me to come into the studio. And eventually, Frankie turned around one day and said, would you just admit she's in the band already? <laughs> And so then I was with the band for a couple of years. Um, but in 2013, they really started to achieve much deserved success and, and the ability to tour overseas. And I, you know, I had two young children. I right. couldn't do it. Right. So it, it felt like the right thing to do at the time was to, to sort of wave and, and start my own thing and let them, because they were growing into a whole different vibe right. when they would go out on the road together. It was exciting and different, and, and it just felt like the right time. So I left Chris O'Leary in 2013, and that's when I launched. And there's a Tony Falco story in there, too. Of course there is. Let's hear it. So I'll be quick, because I know you have other things you want to do here. But um, when I was with O'Leary is when I met Tony and... Um, and when I left O'Leary, I remember going to see O'Leary at a, at a gig, and Tony and I were standing in the back of the room at the Falcon, and I said, you know, I decided to leave the band. And, and Tony said, well, you're starting your own band, right? 
And I said, well, you know, eventually I'll get around to it. And he walked up into the sound booth and he grabbed his appointment book and he walked back down and he opened it on the table and he flipped a few pages and he pointed and he wrote something and he looked at me and he said, well, you, ha- you better have it together by September 1st because you're playing here. So I owe my project to Tony, to Tony hmm. because without Tony's encouragement in that gentle way to say, get it together... I might not have gotten it together quite so quickly. And I think he knew instinctively that it was important to push me at that moment to be proactive and moving forward. Otherwise, I was at risk of of not doing it because life could have easily sucked me back into just being a mom and coming up with 47,000 reasons not to do it. Not to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I sort of credit Tony, which is why I dedicated my first CD to him. To him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, he was a huge supporter of me. I had worked at another radio station, worked at a station, unlike here, right, where we volunteer. And um, I left that station and got a job and um, just missed the on air and playing music and all of that. And he, when I was thinking about starting this show, um, Larry Campbell and Teresa Williams were my first guests, instrumental, Mm -hmm. instrumental. But Tony was right there too. And Tony was like, hey, that sounds like a really good idea. We can collaborate and I'll, you know, give you the names of people that are coming here and all these other venues. He's like, you know, and just talking to him about it and his encouragement and then when it was my five-year anniversary 2020 um he we were going to do at the underground um we had it for the end of july we were going to do a five-year anniversary show of local motion Mm -hmm. and have local bands Mm -hmm. play as a a charity i was going to come up with some sort of charity and do a benefit for that and of course, the pandemic happened, and it never happened. So maybe for the ten year, I'll do something mm-hmm. like that and talk to Lee about it. But um, yeah, you know, Tony, I'm telling you, th- there could be hundreds, if not thousands, of stories. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. And the impact that he had, in some ways, he had this special way of making everyone feel as though they were incredibly special and important. And um, the number of people that he made feel that way, it's just extraordinary. Who does that? No. I just, you know, and it almost didn't even occur to him. I always, so humble. He never wanted to be in the limelight. He never wanted the attention or the focus on him. Um, But he was always there to lift up everyone else. He used to say, why do you want to have me be on your show? He's like, why don't you have this person or this person? I'm like, Tony, you own the damn Falcon. It's <laughs> worth having you on the show, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but his spirit and his kindness and his selflessness, it's a very rare thing. And um, we're just luck- lucky to have been in the same lifetime as Tony Falco. Agreed. Forever grateful. Yeah. Yeah, that we even cross paths and knew somebody like him, and and that's why if people just really let's let's keep this Falcon like everybody was behind the Levon Helm Studios, mm-hmm, right? They're still mm-hmm. keeping it going. Yep. Levon died almost ten years ago. Yeah. Um, we have to do that for the Falcon. Mm. So I'm just like encouraging people go to their website yes see a show support live music support go have dinner live. there yeah. go yeah. have dinner brunches are starting back up i think too so just 
go to their website, sign up so you get their notices to see what music there is. And even if you never heard of it, this was the coolest thing. And I started to challenge myself because of it. Because, you know, you go to people you know. How, not for nothing, boring is that if you do that all the time? Because I think anybody that Tony books there has to be worthwhile. Tony never booked acts that weren't worth watching. Exactly. And even if you left your your seat going, I'm not sure what I just experienced. Right. It made you think. It did make you think. It definitely made you think. And when he had the upstairs and then the underground going at the same time, it yep. was like, and then the outside, I was like, oh my God. And I hope the outside this summer too, you know? Yes. How much fun was Amazing. that? Amazing. Right. Amazing. And what wherewithal, I remember seeing Tony last summer and just like, Tony, man, pandemic, you with this deck, everybody's distance. I feel bad for your wait staff. I know, I was going to say the wait staff might disagree, but they were all in really good shape. They were. They all had the sneakers <laughs> on. They needed a new pair every month. You know, it was like, oh, my God. But boy, did everybody feel safe. And yeah. boy, did everybody have a good time. Yeah, I was really could not have been a better sanctuary. And his um, memorial service there too oh Oh, what a weekend what a weekend and the the second line Mm -hmm. that they did and just such an honor to him yeah no I I I every show I have to talk about him and it feels good to have a human here to talk to with Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. with me because he means that much to me he means that much to so many many people my love goes out to Julie absolutely and to Lee and the girls and the whole family and anybody that was close and loved him and the whole staff the, oh. the whole team at the Falcon is like a, well, a family you, you know what itself. they pull it together now look yeah. at John John yeah. you know he's like got that restaurant going he's got that wait staff he knows yeah. what he's Sakaya doing kicking it in the sound exactly apartment. exactly and you got Fern yeah, you know Fern. doing it behind the scenes yeah yeah so it's like thank you falcon thank you tony for thinking of this beautiful place and you know having people like you willa and you're gonna get to be there i'm so excited for you on the 17th i'm excited and i can't wait to see everybody make your reservations i think it's gonna be a a hopping night a hopping night willa vincitor and company Tribute to Bonnie Raitt and uh, man, oh man. So tell us again who's joining you on the seventeenth. So Debbie Major on vocals, trading off with me, and then we've got the Noah's Ark of a band with Chris Fitarello and Carl Allwire on guitar, Jeremy Baum and Scott Malisi on keys and organ, Matt Raymond on bass, Manuel Quintana on percussion, and Debbie and I'll be banging on a bunch of percussion instruments too for fun. Damn, everybody's going to be singing, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Thursday, February seventeenth at the Falcon in Marlboro, live at thefalcon.com. Wow. Willa, that's going to be a fun show. I, I thank you for your time. Oh, thanks for I thank you for me. being here. I'm going you. to spend the rest of this hour playing your music. Great. So I'm going to go from the earliest to the newest. So I'm going to start great. off when, when the whistle blows. I thank you for being here. Did I forget anything, miss anything, anything else you want to say? I just want to say thank you oh, for doing this show. You're Congratulations quite You're on 306. Yes. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Well, we'll have you back again when that CD comes out. Nice. Thank See? You. Give you that little push. So um, not that you need it. Um, all right. So let's take a listen to Willow, When the Wind Blows, right here, right now on 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie.
trying to get his head on straight. They had another fight. Oh, he's a good man, good husband to his wife. But ever since the baby came, things haven't felt right. Oh, trains rolling down the track.
Yet you wonder Are you worthy? Would another man give me more? WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Take a chance. Willa Vincitor. Willa is still here because we're chatting up a storm. Willa. Hello. She's, oh gosh, here you are. Um, Yeah, she's (laughs) uncomfortable hearing herself, but she kicks ass. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Beautiful version. Thank you. With the chorus and yes well you know the fun part about that was pandemic i sat in my home studio and recorded all of those vocals the choir the whole choir is me (laughs) 
<laughs> which was crazy. But somebody you was had like, time on your hands. There? I was like, I was hitting some low notes. I was going for it. <laughs> it was great fun. Yeah. It was beautiful, beautiful. And um, you were also telling me that um, the idea for this Bonnie Raitt yes. show that you're doing yes. at the so Falcon on the 17th all, came to you. All credit is due to Manuel for this one, Manuel Quintana, because we had been recording together and doing a couple gigs together. And I always cover Bonnie tunes in my shows because Bonnie was a huge influence for me. I grew up listening to, you asked me earlier, what do I listen to in the 80s? And of course, Nick of Time, oh my God. Like all of her big hits that yeah. came out is how I really was introduced to her. I hadn't followed her earlier stuff until later. <clears throat> but anyway, we did this tune called Tangled and Dark, which we also will be doing in the show on the 17th. And after we were done, in between songs, Man was like, man, we really rocked that Bonnie stuff. We should totally do a Bonnie Raitt tribute show. And I was like, why, yes, we should. <laughs> and we will. And that's how that came to Thank you, Manuel. Thank what you, a Manuel. great idea. Oh, Manuel. Oh, Manuel. We also heard When the Whistle Blows. And again, great video to accompany that. Willa Vincitor. I forgot also um, your website. Willaandcompany.com. Right. And you also have a Facebook music page. Um, yeah, I have a Willa and Company um, Facebook, Facebook page, page and, and a YouTube channel and a Spotify channel and a SoundCloud. S subscribe. And, yeah, subscribe. Willa Vincitor. There aren't. I'm the only one. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say there's not that many. But better yet, go see her perform live. Live yes, at the Falcon.com, February 17th, along with a powerhouse of musicians. And she's going to be opening the doors to the Falcon again after their winter break. So, excited. so good stuff happening. So I'm going to play another track, Take a Chance, which will take us up to the five o'clock hour. Thank you again um, for being here, Willa. And I'm going to let's do this. Oh. It would help if we started from the beginning. I love live radio. Something really nice about it. Here we go. 91.3 WVKR.
91.3 WVKR Independent Radio Poughkeepsie. Take a chance. Willa Vincitor. Willa was my guest today. Thank you, Willa, for being my guest today. Welcome. It Thanks w- for having me back. It was really nice to have a human in the studio. Most of my guests have been on on the phone, so it's been a real treat. And Willa will be playing at the Falcon. They'll be opening the doors on February 17th after their winter break. And Willa and company is the first act to be performing, doing a tribute to Bonnie Raitt. All great musicians joining her Thursday, February 17th, live at thefalcon.com to make reservations for that show. It is 5.02 p.m. You are tuned into Local Motion on 91.3 WVKR. I am your host, Rita Ryan, here each and every Wednesday presenting music of the Hudson Valley, which is what the next hour is going to be dedicated to. Let's start the five o'clock hour off with Ms. Sarah Parada, 91.3 WVKR.
91.3 WVKR. Blue Vision, new album by Eric Person. We just heard the track Soul Saturation. Seven tracks on this new CD. Eric Person is joined um, by Houston Person on tenor saxophone on four of the seven tracks. Also joining Eric Person is Adam Clibble on B3 Hammond organ. On the organ, Alex Smith. The Electric Guitar featuring Pete McCann on four tracks. Rhythm Guitar featuring Rob Kistner on track number two. And on drums, Tony Jefferson. What an album. Um, This was recorded back in 2018, mastered in July 2021, and just released this year. Mastering was done by Scott Petito, who Willa and I were just talking about at NRS Recording Studio, also recorded at the Acoustic Recording Studio in Brooklyn, along with additional recording done at Cassandra Recording Studio in Beacon, New York produced by Eric Person. Really well done, Eric. Congratulations on a beautiful CD. Again, Blue Vision by Eric Person. First time it's getting airplay here at WVKR. Also heard new music by Sarah Parada, her album called Blue to Gold, and we heard the track Heartbeat. Ms. Sarah Parada is really getting quite a bunch of great reviews on this album. It's it's being released in Europe, and I think she's out there going to be touring. I know she will be performing locally here in the Hudson Valley on Thursday, March 3rd at the Falcon in Marlboro. Sarah Parada. So congratulations, guys. Both of these releases really well done. Speaking of new releases, here's another one by the incredibly talented Ms. Sarah Fim. Let's take a listen to her right here, right now. 913 
get up off your seat The music's no longer playing But you're still tapping your feet This joint looks familiar But you're not sure where you are I thought you'd been everywhere But you never left this bar Take a look around, son Your friends are all gone WVKR Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Brian Mitchell. New music from him from last year. Songs from the Lower East Side. We heard This Party Is Over. One of my favorite tracks on this album. And boy, it's got 12 tracks. So lots going on there. Lots of great music always by Brian Mitchell. Keyboardist, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist. Of course, accordion player too. Good stuff. The Brian Mitchell will be playing this weekend, Saturday night in Woodstock at Colony, colonywoodstock.com for tickets and info to see Brian Mitchell and all their upcoming shows at Colony. 
We heard brand new music by lovely Sarah Fim. The album is called World Lines, and it's available on her Bandcamp page. And we heard A Heart That Loved Her. Beautiful instrumental album that she just came out with. And uh, just Sarah Fim, she's a visual artist and a musician, a vocalist, and super uber talented Sarah Fim. You can find her on her website as well as Bandcamp, Patreon, all those good places. It is 519. I am your host, Rita Ryan, here each and every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Another thank you to Willa Vincitor for ho- for being the guest today here and, and having some fun. You know, it's the first time I had a live in-studio guest other than my daughter, Caroline, in just about two years. So most of my guests have always been on the phone. So it was really nice just to have a person in the studio again. So now we're going to keep the music flowing here because that's what we do on Local Motion Play, all kinds of music from around the Hudson Valley. And let's keep it going right now with Jesse Lee Montauk, 91.3 WVKR. Forget about me And cry me a cowboy Leather in face Paint me a race car So I can get out of this place Baby, can you feel Creation down inside our 
You ever feel like nothing really matters? You ever feel like you don't have a voice? Like a dream left to die, river running dry, heart without its beat. You ever feel something in your soul is alive Yet impossible to find like a road with no sign Hidden and divine and it leads to the meaning of it all Looking for, yes, the road. Hope that it's much more than a bunch of skin and bones beneath the granite stone. Yes, I hope there's a meaning to it all. I know is that it lives deep down where the only sound is the hum of our spirits singing free. Never feel like nothing really matters But moments later feel your heart Oh, we're living and we're dying And every day we're trying To just know the meaning of it all It's the silence in the glow The whisper in the soul It's the feeling that you know This isn't all for show It's the river running fresh The motion after death It's the spirit that is left It's the sun that never sets Oh, the road Is all I'm looking for Yes, the road Know that it's much more Than a bunch of skin and bones Beneath 